Hey, everybody, and welcome. We're so glad you were part of today's service. We're talking about freedom. Now think about it. Everybody I know wants freedom, 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 freedom. Okay, now that it's out of my system, I'm ready to preach. All right, let's talk about freedom. When I talk about freedom, the first thing I think about is always William Wallace and Braveheart. Can't you see it? I mean, can't you just see this picture, the painted face, Mel Gibson, R. But you know, the whole story behind it is that Mel Gibson is in this epic stand against King Edward I of England. Now, naturally, England has all the resources, the greatest power in the world, against lowly Scots. So naturally, the, the piece that, that is being played of Wallace by Gibson says, what will we do today? And you can see the faces of the Scots as they look out across the vast army of England, and literally they say this, we will run. <laughs> and he's like, no, we can't run. And he goes on and he gives this. I, I have to read it because I want to make sure that we understand this. He says to them, yes, you might run and live for today. But someday, lying in your beds, dying, you'll be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. And they're like, yes, and they're all in. Because we were built, this, this nation was built on the concept that we have freedom. But now watch this. God had created for us a platform for freedom before, long before this great nation was ever even formed. I'm convinced that every single human being longs for and desires to have freedom. I believe we want freedom in every aspect of our life. We want financial freedom. We want freedom of choice. We, we want freedom to live as we will, to worship as we will. We want to choose who we will marry and what we do for a living, where we go to school, and what passions that we want to live out in our life. Every human wants freedom. I do. Don't you? I mean, when I think about it, I, the two greatest commodities on the planet are peace and freedom. And those two are hand in glove. Peace and freedom. It's in us to be free. God gave us a longing deep within our soul that we would be free. But we're never fully free until such time as we allow God to give us his degree of freedom. Like if you're trying to measure on a scale, over here is wildly free in all of my life. And over here, I am trapped and locked down. We can in our own power move slightly up this scale, but basically from here to there, it is out of our control and in the hands of an almighty God that wants to hand you freedom. You see, once we begin our relationship with God, once we start getting to know him and walking with him day by day by day, the next step in our journey is allowing his power to transform us, watch this, to transform us and set us free. You know, when we talk about what's next, the next for most of us is trying to figure out how do I find freedom? Again, 
How do I find freedom financially? How do I find freedom from this attraction or from this addiction? How do I find freedom from spilling lies? Or how do I find freedom and get my way out of gossip? How do I have freedom in my relationships? What is the next that's going to allow us to move from where we are to where God wants us to be? Our next always involves how do we move toward freedom? If you come and sit down in a counselor's office and you say, my marriage is in a disastrous shape, one of the things that a good counselor will try to figure out is, where are you missing freedom in Christ Jesus in your relationship. You see, the theological term that comes together with freedom is deliverance. Now listen, that may freak some of you out a little bit. I need to go through a spirit of deliverance. Well, in actuality, that's true. But here's the key to deliverance. You cannot unlock the lock of deliverance, only God can. The spirit of God has to take effect in your life. And here's the good news and the bad news. The good news is the spirit of God has every ability to give you freedom from anything that has entrapped you. But you will have to give him permission to do so because he's not going to force his love on you. So you say, wait a minute, not force a love. What comes with freedom is all of God's love. And all of God's love is what delivers us from captivity of sin to freedom in Christ. Now you say, well, Chuck, I, I, I really want to know how to make that happen. Friend, listen, instead of what often happens in letting the Spirit of God deliver us and give us freedom, what often happens is we claim and we hang on to past hurts, past scars, things that in the past that we've been able to say, wait a minute, I'll never overcome that. I'm going to forever be that person. I was just today talking with a fellow that was delivering furniture here on the outside of our church. And while I was talking with him, he, he started conveying to me in tears about how what he's been told about himself. And literally, I looked at him and I said, don't you want to escape that kind of freedom? I mean, don't you want to escape being locked down and and have the kind of freedom that God has? Because I looked into this guy's eyes and I said, listen, this morning when you woke up and you looked in the mirror, what did you see? And I promise you, he looked back at me and he said, there's no church that wants to welcome me the way I am. And I said, brother, that, that couldn't be further from the truth. Tonight, when you look in the mirror, look in the mirror and see a man that God made no mistake when he made the wonderful you. And that guy prayed with me just this afternoon to receive freedom in Christ, to be able to come all the way over from being in bondage to freedom. You know, for most people, freedom comes down, and I want you to listen to this. This is, this is kind of hard love, all right? Freedom comes down for most of us to one specific challenging area in our lives that for whatever reason continues to have a grip on us. It's an addiction, it's a relationship, it's a habit, something that's held us, and the struggle isn't often a heaven or hell issue. More often than not, as believers, we've settled in our soul the fact that Jesus is Lord. We've settled with the fact that him dying on the cross and shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sin was enough for us to have heaven. But the fact is, it's more of like 
how do we deal with a quality of life issue? How do I get on this other side of the scale? And my next best step is to allow God to give me freedom from whatever entraps me. It might be just that one area that's holding you back, that same request that's always in your prayers. Every year, it's the one thing that you want to overcome. Every month, it's that one thing that you've got to be delivered from. Freedom is one of the major reasons Jesus came from heaven to this earth, that you might have freedom in Christ from whatever has got you locked down and held tightly to be able to have deliverance from that and freedom in Christ. Listen to Luke chapter four, verse 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Listen to me, friend. You need the Lord's favor in your life to go from being trapped and locked in whatever that is, bad relationships, poor choices, finances that are in a mess, over here where addiction has held you, or possibly where in your past you believe what somebody has said to you, or you believe the lie that Satan has told you every day. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not strong enough. You're not successful enough. You can't do it. And the fact is the Spirit of God wants to give you sight for your blindness. He wants to deliver you from being a prisoner to being fully free. And he wants to take those of you that are oppressed and overwhelmingly turn you loose, unlock that lock and open the door and let you run into the freedom of Christ. In a moment, we're going to worship. And when we do, I want you to worship in freedom. And during that time, as Zach leads us, I want to ask you to do one thing. Would you be willing to say, Lord, would you set me free? Say it to him and pray in that song over and over. Lord, would you set me free? And whatever that one thing is in your life, Lord, would you set me free from, then you fill in that blank through this entire time. Let me pray for you. And then Zach, you lead us and I'll be back to wrap up our time. God, for every prisoner, set them free. For every person, locked or trapped in a relationship that has held them down. God, free them that they might be able to live in Christ, stand on their own two feet. For every person trapped in an addiction, in a bad habit, and in the place of that, of being just locked down as a prisoner, would your spirit step into their soul and unlock that and let them run into the freedom of Christ as they give you permission to take over every part of them from the top of their head to the end of their toe to give them wisdom from on high and to let your spirit turn loose within their soul to deliver them. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, I pray all these things and say it with me, amen. I'll be right back. Lord, I need you.
Thanks so much, Zach. I love when you just bring the passion like that, but thank you. We left off talking about what does it take to go from being trapped in whatever it is Satan has, has given you as the life of your life to being free in Christ. You get to make that choice. I cannot say this loud enough. Satan does not have enough power to keep you from turning Jesus loose inside of you because Jesus has dominion over him. So you get to make the choice. He doesn't own you. The, the, the liar doesn't own you. That is a death nail when you start believing the lies that Satan is telling you. 
You're not trapped in an addiction. You're not trapped in a relationship. You're not trapped in, as a liar. You're not trapped as somebody that's not successful. You're just waiting to turn Jesus loose and let the Spirit of God do within you everything he desires. We see evidence, uh, evidence of this frequently as Jesus delivers people throughout his ministry. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of Satan because God was with him. Now you say, well, Chuck, where do you get that? If you looked in your Bibles in, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, you'd find exactly what I just said. And in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, listen to this. If you're looking for why you ought to turn the Spirit of God loose within you, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So now watch this. Let's say that for all your life, somewhere back in the day, somebody abused you. It might have been physically, uh, it might have been sexually, uh, it, it might have been verbally, but, but that's held you and trapped you all your life that I'm going to forever live with this stain in my life. Well, what's happened is Satan is literally screaming in your ear, you aren't good enough because this happened in your life. But what can happen is when you say, Jesus, take over my life. God, I want your Holy Spirit to live within me and to blow up within me and to consume everything within me to turn me loose from what I have been trapped in and wallowing in and, and feeling sorry and pity in. Turn that lock loose, open the door, Spirit of God, to let me live in the fullness of Christ. What's interesting is that most of us aren't nearly bound as tightly as we think. Did you get that? Most of us aren't, aren't nearly bound as tightly as we think. If you want to take the next step and the best next step in your spiritual development and spiritual growth, then it's time to break free from the chains that bind you and the obstacles that continually seem to trip you up. And God's word tells us how. Take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three through five. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, on the contrary, they have divine power to diminish strongholds. That's what I'm talking about. Over here, whatever you believe, whatever the lie is, then the, we have a weapon that has the ability to blow that up and eliminate it. The stronghold that may have you, the power of God literally can release that stronghold in your life. It goes on and says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now that word stronghold comes from a Greek word that literally means a prisoner locked up, watch this, a prisoner locked up by deception. It's like, I believe this, but I, but I can't let go. I, 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 this, they've got me, it's, it's holding me down. Do you remember the story of Elizabeth Smart? She was captured out in Utah, and for some nine months she was captured, but she was found less than 20 minutes from where she lived. Did you know that during her captivity, because she believed she was so stuck and trapped, that one time a police officer stopped her captor and looked at her and said, we're looking for the person named Elizabeth Smart. For freedom, all she had to do was say, that's me. But because she believed the lie that she was trapped, she literally couldn't respond. But when she was found, she was found out that literally she had multiple opportunities to have left that entrapment 
but she never did. Pastor Bobby and I have a good friend in Nashville, Tennessee. His name is Michael Hyatt. He tells a story of how uh, when his dad came home from World War II, he had, and, had, had a problem with his leg where some shrapnel had gotten stuck in there. And so he walked with a limp through much of his life. And that when Michael was little, he admired his dad so much that when he saw his dad walk with a limp, he thought, well, real men walk with a limp. And he started walking with a limp until such time as his mother came along and said, you know, son, you don't have to walk with a limp to be a man like your dad. Can't you imagine that? It's kind of like the story of an elephant. You know how they train circus elephants? When they're little baby elephants, they put a big stake in the ground and they tie a chain around the leg of that elephant. And that elephant learns they can't walk but any further than that circle. Did you know that by the time that elephant grows to be an adult and they're in that circus act that all they do is leave that chain around their leg and that that chain is there and they still think they're trapped because they don't know they can walk outside. That's how many of us are. We're not fully aware that we can walk completely out of what we're entrapped in. That's how the devil operates. He has power in this world, but listen to me, he has no authority. I want you to grasp this concept that the devil has power in this world, but he doesn't have authority. So he keeps talking to us until we believe him. You know, Chuck, you'll never be good enough. You know, Chuck, you, you'll, you, can, you can never do that. You know, Chuck, nobody cares what you think. You know, Chuck, nobody cares what you say. I know incredibly gifted people in our church that have a voice and they have a gift within them waiting to, for, to escape and let the Spirit of God turn their giftedness into something special. But they literally have looked at me or they've looked at Pastor Zach or Pastor Bobby and, and they've said this, but nobody cares what I think. Nobody cares how I sing or what, what I believe. And the answer is within each of you, God has a freedom level that he's calling you to give him permission to grant you. God wants you to become everything, every dream that he has for you, but he's not going to force it on you. So we keep letting Satan into our thoughts until they poison our emotions. And you know, poison, we've all learned, is, is something that we often swallow that we intend for somebody else and it eats us up from the inside out. Satan pretends that he has authority over us. He tries to tell you that. You, you're never going to amount to anything. You're, you're going to always be broke. You're, you're always going to be dumb. You're, you're never going to be prosperous. You're never going to be successful. You're never going to count about anything. You can never help anyone. You can never teach anyone. You can never coach anyone. You can never tell somebody about Jesus. And Satan keeps talking until we believe him. But listen to me, friend. We have been given, listen to this, we have been given authority through the power of Jesus the Lord. And when his spirit dwells within us, we can tell Satan, liar, you have no power over me. Spirit of God, take over. And friend, don't get between them. Because when the Spirit of God decides to go to war with Satan in your life, he's not going to keep prisoners. I promise you, he's taking it out. We're all, we all experience, all of us, we all experience strongholds and the impact they have on our life. We, they, they steal our focus. They rob us and consume our minds. And we find ourselves believing those things and we, we literally can be made to feel controlled by our desires or our fears until we're literally powerless to change. We start saying things like, I, 
I'll never be able to stop doing this. It just controls me. I don't know why I'm this way. I, I chuck him just this way. I'll, I'll always be powerless when it comes to this. And soon that stronghold becomes a part of our identity. We focus only on our weaknesses, only on our failures, only on our struggles, only on that addiction, and we, do, we reduce ourselves to only this as the center of our identity, saying, well, you know what? I'm, I guess I'm going to always be an alcoholic. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a cheater. You know this? I, I'm always going to be a gossip. I'm always going to be a liar. I, you know what? I, I'm always going to be an adulterer. And you know what? By saying that, what you're saying all the time is, I'm just always going to fail. Friend, here's what I know about a loving God. He didn't create you to continually fail. He created you to get up when you fail and learn from it. That's why he said to the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. Without condemnation, there was nobody there to judge her. He just said, now, let me dust you off. Let me tell you how much I love you. Now, let's go and do this sin no more. Maybe that's what you need to let the Spirit of God do in your life. But friends, Satan loves it when we imprison ourselves. We do his work for him. When we believe him so much, we do that. And soon his lies, they're so ingrained in us that we begin to make excuses for ourselves and we justify giving in to temptations over and over and over again. And you know what happens? This cycle just consumes our emotional energy. We become a person that is identified by, or they're, they're that person, or they're that way. Or, you know, you know, Chuck, that's just so-and-so. Or, you know, that's just Chuck being Chuck. And before long, we, we're robbed of the identity that God, our creator, gave us. The birthright that he gave us to be sons and daughters of the king. That we, that we might be joint heirs with Jesus. That we might walk and talk with the certain wonderful essence of Jesus himself living within us. You know, overcoming our strongholds. And living in freedom is essential to the Christian life. It's a part of what this church is all about. What I've discovered is that when you're truly looking to find how to escape, one of the best ways we do that is we, we get connected to a group that goes deep into the scriptures and deep relationally. You say, well, Chuck, I don't want to be found out. All right, I want you to look right here. I want you to get this, all right? If you're one of those people and your life is just whacked out enough where you say, Chuck, I don't want to be a part of a group because they're going to find out I'm whacked out. I've been coming to church for 10 years. People have no idea that my life is this whacked out. Here's the good news and here's the better news. The good news is get it out of you so you can move over into this stage of freedom. The better news is when you sit down with a group of people and you start digging into the scriptures, that's going to come so naturally that everybody else sitting there is going to say, well, I'm as whacked out as you are. I'll promise you that's true. Get in a group where you can consistently be loved on, cared for, welcomed. Nobody there is going to condemn you, but you can together be held accountable to live in the word of God. Listen to what 2 Timothy 2.26 says. Are you ready? They will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So how do we break free? Let me wrap up by giving you this clarity. I mean, this is a beautiful thing. What does the process of living in freedom actually look like? Well, Luke eleven twenty one in the message says it this way. When a strong man armed to the teeth stands guard in his front yard, his property is safe and sound. But what if a stronger man comes along with superior weapons? 
Then he's beaten at his own game. The arsenal that gave him such confidence hauled off and his precious possessions plundered. I want you to be strong, equipped, and empowered. I want you to be able to say, no, I'm not believing that lie today. I am living in the power of Christ this day. I want to live in the power of Christ. I want the freedom that comes. I genuinely want to be let free from whatever has been holding me. I want you to be strong. I want you to be equipped. I want you to be empowered. And in the words of William Wallace, going back to Braveheart, I want you to accept God's invitation that your heart is free and have the courage to follow it. You say, well, Chuck, Tell me real simple, as you wrap up, Chuck, just give me a one, two, three. All right, you ready? One, surrender your life to Christ. If you've never done that, it's this simple. Jesus, step into my life and forgive me. Become my Lord, become my Savior. I want, I want to stop living for me. I want to live for you. I want to turn my life around. And I want to thank you that you died for me and you rose from the dead for me to pay for my sins. And I want to trust you that you'll give me your gift of the Holy Spirit to clean me up, make me new and get rid of that stronghold in my life. That's number one. Number two, start off every day this week, every day for the next six days, I want you to start off every day saying this, wake up every morning, God, I'm grateful for, and name one thing, and then say this, God, would you give me the overwhelming power of your spirit that I may may not be trapped at any time this day? And number three, live it. Trust the spirit of God. When you start getting down in the day and you start believing Satan's lies about you, stop right there. Stop immediately and pray inside your soul this one quick thing. God, empower me to trust your spirit right now. God, empower me to trust your spirit right now. It's one, two, three. It's that simple, but it's that powerful. Friend, that's the power of Jesus, the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you that we can trust you to move us from being entrapped to freedom, to being bogged down and morrowed in the mud and the mire, and you can deliver us to a beautiful, clean road that's ahead of us that leads all the way to heaven. God, we're grateful that you gave us a way in which we can escape these strongholds in our life. Let our very next best step be to turn toward you. That number one, we trust you with our life. Number two, We'd start our morning with you and we'd ask, we'd ask you after telling you what we're grateful for to give us that power. And during the day, all throughout the day, wherever we're at, on the job site, wherever we're at, the moment we start believing Satan's lies, our prayer would simply be, God, let your spirit come alive in my soul and deliver me from that. Lord, we trust you in all that. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. My friend. May you be delivered from that stronghold this week and go in peace. Well, thanks again for being with us today. Our hope is that you've been encouraged, you've been inspired, and maybe you've begun to take the next step in what God has for you. I do want to remind you that this week is just one of the weeks that's part of a larger teaching series as we think about what is next, that everybody has a next. And so this was week three. So if you've missed any of the previous weeks, I want to encourage you to go to sugarhill.church and watch the replays. Watch the previous weeks as they build on each other. We believe that God wants all of us to know Him. We believe that God wants all of us to be able to find freedom. And I wanna encourage you to make plans to join us next week as we think about how do we discover purpose. 
fact, if this has been encouraging to you, we'd love for you to consider sharing this week's message with a friend, a family member, a coworker, and help spread the news of what God is doing. We love you guys. If there's anything we can do to join you in prayer this week, drop us a comment below, or even better, drop us an email at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com, prayer at sugarhillchurch.com. We love you guys. We hope you have a fantastic day. And until we see you again, go in peace.